get this if you, if you don't already have it. And if you haven't started reading, please start reading with us and go along with us. The things that come out of it. Last week, I was talking about God the Creator. This week, it is God the Dealer. Genesis 28, are you there? We've got it easy right now because it's the first book of the Bible. But Genesis 28, 13. Did I give it the right one up there? Yes. And, and this is, let me give you the background. Jacob had fallen asleep, and he's having a dream. And he's seen stairways with angels going up and down. And then in 13 it says, There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob woke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I, am not, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate to heaven. Jacob's not the only one that God made a deal with. He made it with Adam and Eve. He made made one with Cain. He made it with Noah and the people coming up to Noah. And he also made it with the world. Now, Abraham, he said basically the same thing that he said to Jacob He said basically the same thing. Your offspring will be so numerous. You'll be the father of many nations, and through you, the whole world will be blessed. That's Jesus Christ. But he also made a deal with Abraham when when he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. If there are ten righteous, I will not destroy. It's a deal. Another deal he made with Abraham was, you're going to have a kid. And through your offspring, I will bless the world, which we just talked about. And what he also said here to Jacob is, Jacob's side of the responsibility, if you keep my commands. If you keep my commands, these things will happen. And, and aren't deals that way? When you make a deal or a contract, there's something you have to do, there's something the other person has to do. If you go to the grocery store, the the deal is you get your food, your responsibility is to pay for it. If you don't pay for it, you don't get it. Their responsibility is to have food there for you to get. It's that way when you go to the doctor, it's that way when you go put gas in your car. There's deals all over the place, even with your children. When I was youth pastor and parents would, were having difficulties with their kids, I'd help them make a contract, do these things, and I will do these things. And it wasn't a, it was just so that both sides knew what their boundaries were. 
You make a contract with your spouse. You make a contract with your children. You make a contract with your employer. You make a contract. And deals happen all over the place. And so I, I want you... Well, turn back to Genesis 17, verse 2. And this is with Abraham. When, and we'll start with verse 1. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. So God again was saying Abraham's responsibility, walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between you and me and will greatly increase your numbers. Now the question is, has God quit making contracts with people? Or is he still making deals? Have you ever wondered that? I have heard uh, a couple times uh, people over the last couple of weeks talking about Genesis, about how God talked to them to their face, but I've never heard God speak. Have you thought that? What would it be like if God was right here in front of me speaking? Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the things is, well, you know, that's the Old Testament. That was... A while ago, and, and God just doesn't do that anymore. Well, I want you to know he still does, and I want you to know that he still makes deals. Look at Matthew eleven twenty eight. It's one of God's deals. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Number 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There's the deal. Come to me, I'll give you rest. I don't know if you've ever been tired, tired. I don't know... If you've ever done thing, something physically and just thought you were going to drop dead and die. <clears throat> Sometimes that's a good thing, by the way. Uh, when I was youth pastor and we'd go on a, a retreat, you know, kids like to stay up late and adults like to make them go to bed early and things like that. And I would, when I was youth pastor, I'd get to speak at, at retreats, which was like a Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday deal. And I'd go, and these youth pastors would say, okay, bedtime is at 11. And we're getting there like at 9. Bedtime's at 11. And we won't get up till 8. And they had so much trouble, so much trouble getting those kids to be in bed at 11. You know what it's like? You get away from, from, from your parents. You get away from your school. You're away over there. And you don't want to go to bed. They had troubles getting them to bed. I 
came up with my own philosophy, which was bedtime's at 2. And you get to play all the games that I have for you. And we'd have some active games. They go to bed at 2. And you'll get up at 7. And they would say, well, why so early? And I go, breakfast is at 7.30. You got to get up at 7. And then I'd have them up all day. And you know, on Saturday night, they were begging for bed at 11. <laughs> it was great. And, and they're... they're they were begging for it. They were, but in our everyday lives, we can get so run down. We can get so beat up, whether it's, it's worrying about the future or it's some physical ailment or our family's falling apart, our life's falling apart. Satan's just working on our head and we, we feel like we have the weight of the world on our shoulders. And God says, come to me, all of you who are weary and brokenhearted, and I will give you rest. That's a good contract, isn't it? Come to me, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke, it's light. So that's one contract God has with us. And it's... A great contract, but there, we do have a part, our part of that bargain as well. And it's found both in the New Testament and the Old Testament. And that's, look at Deuteronomy 7.9. And we're going to look on both sides of it. Deuteronomy is one of the first five books of the Bible again. We'll read it in a few months, but we're going to look at it right now. Deuteronomy 7.9. And I'm going to start with verse 7. Okay, The Lord did not set His affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other people's. For you are the fewest of all peoples. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your forefathers that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. I should back up. God said to Abraham before Isaac was even born, your offspring will be slaves for 400 years in a land that's not theirs. So, But he said to Abraham, but you will die a happy old age. And he did. But his offspring, which was only th- three generations away, or two if you include Jacob in this, which you should, ended up in Egypt for 400 years. Verse 9, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is a faithful God, keeping His covenant of love to a thousand generations For those who love Him and keep His commands. Verse 10, But those who hate Him He will repay to their face by destruction. He will not be slow to repay to their face those who hate Him. In other words, our part of the contract is love God. We're supposed to love God. 
It states that again in the New Testament in the book of John, verses 14 and 15. But it, it's stated a little more straightforward, I think. John fourteen fifteen says, If you love me, you'll keep my commands. That's what it says. Our responsibility is to keep his commands. God's offering us peace. He's offering us life. He's offering us Him. And He's offering us a relationship with Him. Our responsibility is to keep His commands. And then we go, oh man, that's a lot. So what are His commands? You find those in Mark 12, 29-31. You just turn back to the, to the left two books. And if you're going to memorize any scripture, memorize these. It says, the most important one. See, Jesus was asked, what's the most important commandment? And Jesus said, the most important one, Jesus answered, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. That, by the way, we're, we're quoting out of Deuteronomy chapter 6. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. The second is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. And that, by the way, is Leviticus 19.18. There is no commandment greater than these. So we're supposed to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and our neighbor as ourselves. That's our part of the deal. That's all we have to do. So much easier said than done, isn't it? So much easier said than done. But now that I've made it, I think I've made it difficult for you because there is no way that we can love God by ourselves with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I want you to know God is not like the old man that moved next to the junior high. His, his house was on the corner. And every day, a group of kids would walk across his lawn, and they'd bang on his fence and bang his trash can as they were off to school. Every day. Irritated him to no end. Finally, he went out there and said, you know, I appreciate you guys doing this. I really appreciate it. It, 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 I love the life that you have, so I'll pay you 50 cents a day to come through my yard and to bang on my fence and to bang on my trash cans. 50 cents a day for each of you. Great! After about a month of that, he stopped him and said, I just heard from the government, my social security is going down. I can only afford to pay you 25 cents a day. And they're going, ah, 25 cents, we can still bang on the fence, we can still, you know, we can still bang on the trash cans. Okay, we'll take 25 cents. After about a month of that, he stops and said, I've just had a medical bill. I can't afford to pay you anything, but I'd sure like it if you could keep banging on my fence and banging on my trash cans. And the leader said, no way. If you're not going to pay us, we're not going to do it. <laughs> and he had peace and quiet the rest of his life. That's not God, by the way. 
If God says He's going to do it, God's going to do it. And He doesn't change it up in the middle. He doesn't change the contract. He keeps with it. If you keep my commands, I will love you. Actually, He still loves us because I love you. Keep my commands and we'll have this relationship. But if you don't, then you don't love me. And that gets still put, puts a lot on us, doesn't it? Because we're human, aren't we? There are days we can't even love our own reflection in the mirror, let alone God. And, and there are days where it seems like nothing's going right, and there are days when we talk to God and He doesn't answer. Have you noticed that? You want me to tell you what those days are? Those days are usually the days that, that, okay, when you go to school, you have a test, you go into the classroom, the teacher says, sit down and gives you the test, and, and they, then what do they say? Be quiet. And they don't even talk to you while you have your test. But the day before and the day after, they're talking all the time, and God runs us through tests every now and then. And it's not just because He wants to run us through tests. It's because He wants us to know what we know about Him. And He wants us to put some of that into practice. So there are days He's really quiet. But even on those days, sometimes it's really difficult to love God if we try to do it on our own. Because when we start loving God on our own without any help and without even spending time in God's Word or with God's people... We start taking our own advice, and, and we start bending away from God. So God doesn't leave us out there. He helps us. Did you know that? He helps us. Look at Philippians 2.13. This is a good one to underline and to tape up on your refrigerator and, and to put on your bathroom mirror and to memorize And remind yourself of this daily. Philippians 2.13. For it is God. Well, let's back up to 12, okay? Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, now not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good purpose. Did you hear that? God works in you to will and to act according to His good purpose. That's God the Holy Spirit working in you. He gives you the desire and He gives you the strength to do His good purpose. Did you hear that? He gives you the desire to do His good purpose and He gives you the strength to do His good purpose. So do His good purpose. He gives you the desire to love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and your neighbor as yourself. He gives you the strength to love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and your neighbor as yourself. So love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and your neighbor as yourself. It's all in the contract. It's all in the deal that God made with Abraham through your offspring. The world will be blessed. It's the deal that he made when Jesus was hung on the cross 
died for our sins, and rose again to show his power over death. It was all in the deal that he makes every day when he calls your name and says, come to me. All you are tired and weary, I will give you strength. It's there. And even though we are required to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, or as it said in John, keep his commands, you don't have to do it on your own strength. Because you can't. But God, through the Holy Spirit, works in you to know what his will is, to desire to do his will, and to have the strength to do his will. So do his will which is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and your neighbor as yourself. I say that a lot, by the way. You'll have to get used to it because pretty soon you'll have it memorized with me. So here's the question. Have you or will you accept this deal that God's offering? Have you accepted it? Or will you accept this deal that God is offering you? a relationship with Him, the taking away of your heavy burdens and, and replacing them with His burden, which is light. If you have made this deal with God, do you need to reevaluate it and make sure that you're keeping up your end of the bargain? And the, the easy way, here's the easy way to, to evaluate it is, God, am I doing this right? And, you know, people say God doesn't speak to their face, but if you ask that question, the first thing that comes to your mind will probably be the something that you already know you shouldn't be doing or you need to do more of. That's God, by the way, talking to you. And so my question is, now that you know the deal that God made with Abraham and and Jacob, and he made it with Isaac too, and you know the deal that he's making with you today, what are you going to do about it? That's between you and God. What are you going to do about it? My hope is that you take him up on it. That you, that you take him up on that deal and he will work in you to love him with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Sounds pretty easy, doesn't it? It always sounds easier than it is, but that's all you have to do. There's not a special ritual or a special handshake that you have to do. You just have to say, God, I want this. And thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who has died for my sins all you have to do so just take a moment and have a little conversation with God you can close your eyes you can keep your eyes open but have a little conversation with God about this and this conversation will keep carrying on because we're having communion this morning and communion It's just saying, God, I'm with you and thank you for what you've done for me. And remembering what he's done and thanking him and recommitting to him. 
and our, I'm going to pray. Our praise team's going to come up, and our ushers are going to come up to pass out the communion. And while the praise team's singing and the communion's being passed out, have the conversation with God that I've just mentioned that, that we should have. Have that conversation. If you need to make things right with God, make them right with God. If you need to re-sign the contract, re-sign the contract. If you've never signed the contract, do it today. If you don't do it today, just know that the offer still stands and God will keep offering that. And you'll have an opportunity. But don't wait too long because we don't live forever. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your grace and thank you for your mercy and thank you for the deal that you made with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all of their offspring. Thank you that you have blessed our world through Abraham's descendants.